Welcome to the Cincy Postcast. I'm your host, Kevin Wallace, and before we get into today's episode, I wanted to tell you about our sponsor, Cincy Shirts. Look, you know Cincy Shirts. You love Cincy Shirts. They've been with FC Cincinnati from the beginning, and we're just huge fans of their work here at The Post and happy to have them on as a sponsor. If you head on over to CincyShirts.com, that's Cincy with a Y, check out using the promo code THEPOSTCINCY, that's all one word, all caps, you will get 10% off your order and you let them know that we sent you there. They have MLS and MLSPA licensed FCC gear available online or in two retail locations in Hyde Park and Fort Mitchell. And the cool thing about the in-store locations, if they don't have your size on the shelf, they can print you one on the spot. Also, the promo code works in stores as long as you tell them. And that promo code is again, the post Cincy with a Y, all one word, all caps, or use the link down in the description of this podcast. And thank you so much to Cincy Shirts for sponsoring this episode. And on this episode of the Cincy Postcast, Boy, is it a fun, fun episode in part one. We are recapping, reviewing, and reliving the New York City FC beatdown at the hands of the FC. Just an incredible, incredible way to end what was otherwise a pretty rough week for the Orange and Blue Faithful. In part two, we look ahead to midweek. Did you know that we have a game midweek? FC Cincinnati versus Atlanta United in Atlanta this midweek. Part three, we are joined by a very special guest and friend of the pod, Schwai from Jim Trace and the Makers. We're getting a little, little preview, a little, little surprise for, uh, for podcast listeners. All of that and more. Well, that's going to be your Cincy Postcast. Joining me to talk about all of that and more, I've got three gentlemen who are very happy to see the previous week behind them and ending on a high note. I am joined by Grace and I'm joined by Chief. I'm also joined by Jonah. And Jonah, let me start with you. If Is there a TV show or a video game that every so often, many, many years later, you just you get a weird little like worm in your brain that's like, hey, you know what? I got to go back and and go through that show again. I got to go back and replay that game again. It's been too long since I've I've visited. Do you have one of these in your life? I'm sure I do. <laughs> and I feel like 90 percent of the population is just the office now. The office over. And I would over say again. the first yeah. uh, or season seasons two through six of the simpsons maybe yeah. that's probably you know you think of one and uh you go back this is unrelated but i was just i had to pause my game of tetris to join the zoom <laughs> <laughs> what a great game i didn't watch the movie about tetris but maybe i should because i'm really the enjoying movie it. is pretty good relatively 
accurate in terms of the real life story, which is always fun. Uh, what sure. version of Tetris you playing? You going old school? You going way back? Yeah, or? I'm just going to Tetris.com. Give me the basic oh, one. I downloaded nice. the app for the iPad and it was like they're yeah. trying to make it like a modern cell phone yeah. game. I was like, what the fuck is going on, man? I just want to <laughs> lay these fucking tiles. <laughs> Chill out. So, uh, yeah, that's good. Felt like commu- it felt like communist propaganda when it came out. I don't know that I was okay with that. <laughs> child. It's got the music, too. Yeah. Yeah, I don't Very know about Russian. that. I don't need the Soviets infesting my Game Boy. <laughs> Chief, you feel like the kind of guy that would have a, uh, a video game series you revisit every so often. Uh, Chrono Trigger. I've played through that like a bunch of times. Old Super Nintendo style. Um, yeah. Shows, Parks and Rec. Like, I can mm. always go back through Parks and Rec again. And like, I don't know, like there's so many shows that I've watched for just the, the idea of going back and rewatching. It sounds like such a time commitment. I should probably just do something new. Like, right. yeah, I could go back and rewatch Deep Space Nine, but like that's seven seasons and you do the math on how much time you need to commit to a rewatch. And it's like, fuck, I can quite literally stream 10 modern shows because right. that's back in the day where it's like a TV show was 26 episodes a season. there there are shows that run for five years five seasons and don't do 26 episodes nowadays damn we really are Uh, getting screwed out of television i've thought about that a lot i was thinking about the sherlock show i think we have 15 episodes over the course of 10 years like if you're really into that you really got screwed over on your on your content there and it's things like most people won't like there's going to be an entire generation of people that I thought about this where they will never watch TV shows where you can see the episode where the budget was running out and they had to do a, a clip show or a bottle episode or things just designed because we don't have the production budget to do this for a full year or we shot on location for one episode and that blew the budget for the back half of the season. Nowadays, it's all prestige and it's all good. I think that you're missing something when you don't get that in your television. I think I think Doctor Who notoriously has like one episode a season where they they don't they save the budget by not paying the main actors. And it's just a total uh, a random escapade with one off characters. And maybe the main characters like show up at the very, very end of it. But. Yeah, yeah, the show's been the show's been notorious for that forever. Like back when it was originally a low budget show on the BBC back in like the 70s, the actors would just go on vacation or holiday or whatever the fuck they call it. And so they would be unconscious for like three or four episodes <laughs> <laughs> just to cover for the fact that like Tom Baker was off at the beach for like two weeks when they were filming. Oh, I love that. I love that. A lot of shots from behind when they're wearing a coat and a hat. <laughs> right. Or they're in such heavy makeup that it's just their stunt double playing the character for right. oh, for an episode. There was uh, an episode of Angel where it's um it's about like Buffy being in Los Angeles and trying to avoid Angel and Angel's trying to trying to track her down and she never shows up in the episode, except there is like always some woman who they shoot from the back where he's like constantly like just missing her. I guess Sarah Michelle Gellar didn't want to didn't want to come. 
<laughs> I love that. There was um in one of the Star Wars TV shows, uh the animated ones, which was so stupid, but like there's an entire arc where they all like assume different identities and voices. And it really does feel like they just didn't want to pay the voice actors of Obi-Wan and Anakin <laughs> to do their voices for like four episodes. So you have people. <laughs> who are impersonating real yes. actors yes, and they don't want to pay the people who are impersonating the actors that actually cost money. So they've dropped down to a third tier of shitty impersonation. It's just, it's, it's, uh, it's all over the place. Yeah, somebody, somebody, some, th this is proof positive. There were too many yes men working for Lucasfilm back in the day. <laughs> this is why we strike. This is why we it's strike. So true. You do get, you do get some great episodes from those bottle episodes though. Yeah, like the fly from uh, Breaking Bad. Whoa, okay, hang on. <laughs> I, I almost, I, I I wrote it down. I was going to say, I've never finished the fly episode. I watched Breaking Bad probably all the way through at least five times. Couldn't give a fuck less about that. I was like, no. Once I realized what it was, I was like, oh, it's one of these. It doesn't matter. I'm like, skip. And it's so much easier, too, when it got on Netflix. So you're like, and once you knew, you didn't need to watch it. So that's hilarious. What were you going to say, Kevin? Were you going to also attack Grayson's? No, I just, <laughs> Grayson's the first person I've ever met that had even slightly positive comments about The Fly. <laughs> I believe The Fly is generally considered a great episode. I think that's Whoa. the consensus on it. I would. I the would guarantee fly, the fly feels like a art film that is trying too hard to be an art film. Like it's trying too hard to be the thing. You're just describing art films. Yeah. Well, right. Which is why <laughs> generally not a fan. Um, it was just like, it's trying too hard. Like you could have done that and a B plot somewhere or something. Yeah. I don't know. It this was, is the part where I point out. I have never seen an episode of breaking bad before. That's all right. It's a pretty good show, though. It's I don't think it has penetrated in the way that, like, mm. The Sopranos, The Wire, uh, Mad Men have. I don't know. It just turned into one of those things where everybody kept telling me you need to watch Breaking Bad, and I just decided at that moment, not going to do it. <laughs> not my, not really my thing. Not really my thing. <laughs> I think the experience of 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 watching it, it was maybe the last one of the last shows. Maybe I guess Game of Thrones maybe is the last one, but it was one of the last shows where like the week to week experience of watching it um was probably more rewarding than if you like went back yeah. and just tried to revisit it. I've never really wanted to, to be honest. And I've watched um Sopranos and Mad Men through a couple it's, of times. It's funny how that's turned now to where like when streaming hit, all of a sudden it was we drop all the episodes all at once. And then they realized if we do that, people can just subscribe for a month and then turn the service off. So now yeah. it's come full circle to where uh, Disney is releasing the new episodes of Ahsoka every Tuesday at 8 p.m. And it's like, well, this is just a scheduled television show at this point. Like, right. this is barely even a streaming show. Right. <laughs> I will say I prefer the weekly episode. I understand that makes me a uh, a corporate patsy in this case. But like, I like having the culture 
having a chance to catch up and consume it and generally all of the fans are at the same point in the show like the bear i think is a good example where season two was incredible one of my favorite seasons of television ever but they did the binge model and it was in the culture and out of the culture in two weeks it was just gone and I don't know. I don't get to sit around and like talk to people about that. The, the forks episode or whatever. Yeah, I was going to say like, forks is like another great example where they just that sideline is, the main character and yeah. go off and do a side thing. And it's my favorite of the season. Yeah, but it's like really good. They did a couple of those episodes actually yeah. in this season. They're all really good anyway. So this is, all just, this, about- is all just, this is all just <laughs> leading up to the fact that we need to make sure that at least one episode of Dr. Cop attorney at law. Does not feature Dr. Cop like she's off at some police or training or CLE or something like that. And it just focuses on her kids. See, I think it'd be really funny if the episode is assuming there are three, uh, you know, minor characters that are all a doctor, a cop and an attorney that like one episode, the three of them need to work to solve a case let's say i don't know so, and, like, the, uh, so like another lawyer that she's friends with one of her police yes, force yes. partners and her former like medical practitioner from med yes. school or something like that or but they find she it residency very, with yes but the three of them combined find it very difficult to do what she does week in and week out and so it's a it's they they all learn a, a new appreciation of her being able to connect all those worlds in her own mind yeah, yeah, I'm into this. Grayson, <laughs> write that down. Yeah. Grayson, write that down. Add that, add that to the, add that to the, uh, the show Bible. <laughs> It'll be on the podcast, so it lives in eternity now. <laughs> this Somebody will go back and have to piece together all of the uh, all of the bits. It'll be like the... Somebody uh, is going to do a galaxy quest <laughs> for Dr. Cop. They're going to like take all the references from the, yes. from the podcast... And and just reverse engineer an actual show out of it, or it's like it's, McBain from the. Simpsons I was going to say McBain's my favorite example. Yeah, where all the clips <laughs> stitched together to make an actual movie. If you if you pull them out of each individual episode, <laughs> different twists and whatnot. Yeah, the oh, villain for so Doctor Cop Mendoza. Mendoza. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway. New York City FC came to town, and boy, let me tell you, my impression of New York City FC before that game and after that game, very different. I guess I was one of the last people that still thought that they had a decent club over there. Sure, the season wasn't going the way that we thought it would for, or I guess the way they thought it would for them. Uh, a lot of their names I recognize as being very good MLS players. And yet they came into this week in 13th place. And boy, did they look like a 13th place team playing the first place team. This was a, uh, a heck of a showing for FC Cincinnati after what I already alluded to a rough week for the orange and blue. And um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think like just to skip to the ending feels really good to be recording this episode this Sunday, given the previous two episodes we've put together here. So. So I have a question for the group at large here. I had talked myself into before this game kicked off that this was one of the biggest games in the history of FC Cincinnati. Uh, I know we say that like almost every week because there have been a short supply of meaningful games in this club's history, but 
coming off the loss to Nashville, loss to Columbus, loss to Miami, and just sort of the devastating nature of being dumped out of two of the four trophy hunt games, this felt like a massive must-win game. Am I off base in that? That that I talk this game up too much? I don't <sighs> think NYCFC lived up to their end of. <laughs> it ended up feeling like a kind of a stroll through the park and like just return to form. And uh, they felt like a listless, like Kevin said, 13th place team. So I think that we did our part in that it was a huge game because we were up for it the whole time. NYCFC not as up for it. Um, so in that case, you're not wrong, but maybe you're not right. There's something, something going on with NYCFC beyond the players on the on the field and like the individual player quality like um they had they had no announced injured players on the on the injury report that was sent to media this week but then like Santi Rodriguez and James Sands were both suddenly ruled out of the game Sunday yeah. and then Maxim Cheneau was just was gone for some reason and yeah. there's been like no information given about why he why he just like why he was with the team on you know Wednesday and Thursday in practice and just was no longer with the team on on Sunday except for the coach saying that you know they brought the guys who were ready to play which I don't that feels feels like a feels like a dig for sure yeah yeah Chano a uh a super villain of FCC, really. He's responsible for a lot of a lot of lowlights in FC Cincinnati's MLS uh, history here. I I threw up a whole bunch of party emojis from the post yeah. when I saw that news. I was like, oh, this could be a walk in the park, depending on you know, how the rest of this goes. Because, yeah, he's like the one guy who would always give our dudes trouble. Um I do want to point out, though, that that there is a certain aspect of this. There is a certain civil conflict aspect of this, like where um, UConn tried to start a rivalry with Central Florida and Central Florida said unequivocally, they are not our rivals. (laughs) And then Bob Diaco said, they don't get to tell us who our rival is. (laughs) You don't get to tell me who my best friend is. Right. Right. (laughs) You're my best friend. (laughs) even if i'm not your best friend (laughs) so it's asymmetrical in that regard so this was an important massive game for fc cincinnati this was not an important (laughs) massive game for nycfc this is all about from the perspective of our story yep we're we're, we, we are the heroes of our own story in this particular regard and they needed to get right this week and goddamn did they get right and Thankfully, New York City decided to be the uh, the victim we needed them to be for a little bit of a beat down here. Yeah, it was it was glorious. Um, <clears throat> let me run through the lineup here, unless anybody else had anything before then. The uh, the lineup very strong from FC Cincinnati. It Roman Celentano back in goal. We've last seen him in that three nothing drubbing against Columbus. Nick Haglin, Matt Miazga, Ian Murphy along the back line. Still no Mascara. Appears to have still been injured. I, 
Question for after this. I don't know how severe that injury is. Uh, Santi Arias on the right and Brett Halsey <laughs> on the left getting the start in place of Barial, who was, I guess, gassed, earned the night off after uh, the Miami match. Yuya Kubo in for Wobodo, who was out on yellow card accumulation. Junior Moreno and Acosta making up the rest of the midfield with Bupenza and Vasquez up top. Uh, Grayson, is there anything... To my hunch that Mosquera is more injured than anybody is leading on to here, or wait, you, you think he's more injured than they're leading on to? I think he's or you more think he's injured. Less injured. I think he is more injured. I think it might be two or three weeks before we see Mosquera. I don't have any reason to believe that. I just I have a hunch. Yeah, I mean i I don't expect him. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I don't expect him to play Wednesday, for example. Okay, yeah, sure, sure. Um. We we have precious little information about his about his health, but um, I do think that it must be pretty serious because they could have they could have used him. Yeah, he's Not missing some important game, games. But was, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, he's missing games where they definitely need him. Yeah. Plus you I, plus you need him. I mean, you just need him back in the team for the for the stretch and for and for playoffs. Yeah, so maybe he's in the position we thought Arius would be in, which is like, just be healthy for the playoffs, assuming we can coast our way to the end of the season, as I think all of us here probably suspect we can. Um, <clears throat> Ian Murphy, Haglin, Miazga is about as good as we can do without him. Brett Halsey, I'm saying that right, right? Yeah, Brett yeah. Halsey. Jeez, I get so paranoid when it's a Brett name that I'm like, Maybe it's Brad or something that I'm gonna I'm gonna mess it Brent. up. No, Brad word. Uh, Brett Halsey makes his start for FC Cincinnati. He is the uh, the one that I think I think it was me on the podcast said after this game. Many people will be asking, should he be starting over Barial? We might not be there, but folks, <laughs> we're not there. I've already put there. him in pen on the starting lineup of Match there. Day One 2024. So, <laughs> <laughs> I did see this headline. I did see this headline about him in Rolling Stone magazine. Um, in the city famous for a TV show about Uncle Albert, Admiral Brett Halsey stars on the wings for FC Cincinnati. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> That's oh one I always God. go back to watch too. But wings. <laughs> I think I tried once because I saw it like PR. I was like, "Ooh, this will be fun." I was like, "All right, that's enough." <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen it, but Tony Shalhoub is in it, right? And the uh, no, wait, is he in that one? Mm. It's the other guy that looks like him, I think, too. There's like another guy, guy that looks like Tony Shalhoub. The other guy from Sideways, who's not Paul Giamatti. Thomas Hayden actually, Church. Yeah. Wait. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's I was thinking more together. Wings the band, but yeah, sure. We'll just, we're, we're all on Wings the sitcom. We've already moved on. Don't worry about it. I go, I go back and rewatch all their albums. Yeah, why not? She's like, what the fuck are you guys talking about? You uncultured fucks? It's Paul McCartney, for Christ's sake. His wife is in the back playing a piano that isn't plugged in. Come on, man. That's like, that's like Wizards Jordan. <laughs> There's nothing cultural about wings, man. It was Tony Shalhoub. You're right about that. Well done. <laughs> Brett the Hitman Halsey. Are people calling yeah. him that yet? Ooh, I think so. That's okay, my good. favorite nickname so far. Uh, he looks good. I mean, there. 
we'll talk about it here when talking Ballsy about the Halsey. first goal. But um, I, Grayson, the kids let's in the use, Halsey. Yeah, I gotta check his tweets though <laughs> first. Good. Yeah, hang before, on. <laughs> before he's the next Johnny Nelson, we gotta make sure. I know he. I know he flips cool. houses. He does flip houses. I actually. Yeah. I was. At, I checked out his Instagram after the after the game. At dinner tonight, I was informed that he has something of a budding real estate empire that spans both Salt Lake City and Cincinnati. So look at him go. He's he's doing a good job there. Based on a uh, sample size of one, though, um, since FC Cincinnati players with an interest in real estate tend to be local heroes. I'm just throwing that out there. That's true. <laughs> uh, how's he how's he buying these houses on his on his uh senior minimum deal <laughs> he's taking out <laughs> loans against future earnings he's 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 got somebody high up who believes in him <laughs> do, you, do you remember back in the day like the late night infomercials that would talk about how you can buy houses for no money down and yes. flip them and it turns out all you were doing was you were finding people that were having tax distressed properties and buying their homes out from underneath them. And then you would evict them and sell the houses for money. But there were like these, you call 1-800 number and they would send you a course on how to steal homes from people. <laughs> and then, uh, that's before I knew net worth and there was like net worth built like millionaires. And I was like, wow, these guys are all millionaires. Cause they were like adding up all their assets. But like <laughs> in my mind, they all had millions of dollars in the bank, but right. they definitely they, did not. <laughs> they owned three houses that were behind on their taxes. Right? <laughs> three houses with like grandpa. kids and families in the front yard with all their shit piled up. <laughs> ah, you know, you don't need a Brett, conscience. Is this you, Brett? This Brett, come clean. <laughs> what are you doing? We've really besmirched poor Brett. It would be really funny if Brett was the, was, the, was the guy putting those signs around town like, we buy houses. <laughs> 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 you call it up and it's just Brett Halsey. <laughs> like, you hear like, people we playing soccer in the background. It's like a whistle going. It's like, did I call you at a bad time? It's like, no, 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 it's good. It's good. Let's talk about what properties you have to offer. We yeah. in Hyde Park, Oakley. Ooh, we buy Evanston, ugly houses <laughs> cash offers available right right <laughs> uh, no Grayson I was going to go to you about this because um, I am curious about his contract status because like I said I've already you know signed him up to be our game one starter next year but um, I know he was a generation Adidas player in the same draft that we drafted Calvin Harris how is he on our team and should I expect him to be here next year uh, you should expect him to be here next year. He signed a so he had kind of a weird path. Um, he seems to have not signed the typical um, GA deal. I think I have seen a couple Ooh. of guys that didn't have the three year plus okay. two option year deals that like say like Roman Celentano has a three year deal with two option years. Um, Halsey was a 2021 draft pick by uh, Salt Lake. And for whatever reason, it seems like he only had a two-year contract because Salt Lake did not exercise his option hmm. after the 2022 season. And then he signed a deal with FCC2. Okay. And that may have allowed him to avoid any waivers or re-entry, re-entry process type stuff versus signing directly with another MLS team. Gotcha. Uh, I don't... I. I guess I didn't go back and like piece that together, but that would make sense to me. Mm-hmm. But then he came up, you know, he had like a couple of appearances, quote unquote, on loan from FCC too. And then they signed him to a permanent contract with the uh, first team 
and his contract is guaranteed through 2024. So he will be on the team next year unless they, you know, trade him or I don't know. He retires for some reason because he's <laughs> his house business is going so well. It's making more money in real estate. <laughs> but yeah. The ultimate MLS story is that yeah, I would come back to be the starting right winger, but my house flipping business really took off this <laughs> off season. The market's hot. Interest rates are coming down. Just I think this is where I need to be. I had a, I had a soccer coach as a kid who had turned down a um a a offer to be in MLS when the league first started because wow. he had like just gotten out of college and he was a college soccer player at Penn State I want to say okay um but he had gotten like an entry level job at like Ernst and Young or some like accounting <laughs> firm <No>. <laughs> <laughs> and it, the like the pay discrepancy was was so di- was so 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 large that he just said no nah, I'm not gonna <laughs> I'm I'm just going to work and and earn some money. Uh, But but um, on Halsey, I know he has an option for 2025. Okay, I believe he also has an option for 2026. Wow. But I can I can I can check that while you guys talk about other stuff. Yeah, the other stuff, some some other non-important stuff. Please get us up to date on Fred Halsey's exact contract status. Uh, no, he looks really, really good. Yep. Options it, for 2025 hey. and 2026. I thought you said we could talk about other stuff. What the yeah, fuck? Hang on. I said while you talk about other stuff. I was trying to get to the other stuff. He wasn't fast enough. Uh, um, yeah, yeah no, so we, he's, he's around, yeah. you know, maybe he's our Barial replacement after all. What I liked about him a lot was, so he played very similarly. The tactics didn't have to adjust a ton with Barial not being in, which I liked a lot. And he seems more willing than Barial to try and take people on on the dribble, which is Barial will still do that. But I feel like Barial really likes to, as soon as he gets the space, go for service into the box. Whereas I think Halsey surprised some people in that game by deciding, no, actually I'm going to take two touches and be around you in a second to get the ball into an even more dangerous position on the first goal that FCC scores about like six minutes into the match. It comes because Halsey makes an incredible sort of like quick touch gets around someone and gets into a shooting position as opposed to looking to cross. And then he does the same thing about 25, 30 minutes later in the game and puts an absolutely beautiful ball right into the six yard box that just inexplicably goes right between where Brandon Vasquez and there was somebody else in the box too, that could have been a tap in goal under just about any other circumstances. But I love that for, especially for a young player who is getting his first start in MLS, the moment was beyond not too big for him. And he was like, yep, I'm just going to play my game and I'm going to ball out and I'm not going to be afraid of making a mistake. I'm not going to be afraid of being aggressive. It would have been really easy in that situation to see him being timid and looking to be a distributor of the ball versus trying to do stuff on his own. But the confidence he had in this game was just outstanding to see. Yeah, two yeah. things on that. Um, one is I agree that that Halsey seems like like where Barial will look around for other guys. He'll he'll cut the ball back. He'll try to you know buy time for his his teammates to move around the box or. You know, he'll look for look for service. Maybe he's thinking a lot or he's trying to, you know, find find the perfect play. Halsey is more just like. I'm gonna, I'm just going to go fast, you know, and yeah. 
um but uh the the goal they got it was basically the cincinnati play yeah uh as lucho found halsey in the same spot where he always finds barrial and the, the only difference is halsey instead of passing it directly to bupenza decided to take a deflection off the keeper first yeah it was good to utilize the keeper as a sort of backboard in the uh, in the uh, the goal there, and, and the Jonah, keeper with one of the most embarrassing offside shots I've ever seen. That was pretty bad. Hey, <laughs> you your hand up, maybe you'll get lucky. Don't try, <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, no, Bupenza you know, buries the uh, the sort of floating header that is laid up to him uh, for this goal. Uh, Jonah, I uh, I go to you on this one. Um, Pupenza has had a, let's say, up and down existence so far and an orange and blue mm. kit. Uh, this game, no exception, has his great moments, has his not so great moments. Um, this goal, I think, keeps him at the, uh, what are we at? One goal, uh, uh, what is it? Goal, um, oh my God, what's the uh, expression I'm looking for? Goal contribution oh, every two games uh, ratio that we're looking for here. Are you, I guess I'm asking for a general <laughs> thumbs up, thumbs down. Bupenza so far in projecting. Vibes check. Yeah. Into the end of the season here. I don't know how to feel about him. He, uh, he gave something for both sides, which I appreciate. Like, um, <laughs> but I, we kind of knew he was flamboyant. So like I was saying on the discord, he had a moment where he tried to a back heel to no (laughs) one and like almost sparked an attack for them. I was like, Jesus Christ. I was like, even Lucho wouldn't have done that. Um, But then he also had like his, you know, he had like a rocket left foot shot that was three yards wide, but like that got up and down. Yeah, that's going in the goal. If he can, he's going to put one of those on target. We're all going to be like, yes, it's all good. So, yeah, the (laughs) header doesn't do anything. Either way, I mean, uh, Das Harks Max will use it to defend his goal ratio, which as he should. <laughs> like the goals are coming in, we're like, all right, come on, let's get one more. Um, but so I, yeah, he's done enough for me where I'm still, I'm not, uh, I'm not panicked, and I think I, I'm now, I'm more convinced that's some legit goals. All goals are legit, but like. Bupenza yeah. specials. They're coming. <laughs> I'm, I'm ready. And he did the backflip. He was like, you know what? I don't know when I'm going to get a Galasso. I'm flipping now. <laughs> I'm flipping right now. And it, it was great. It made the goal even better. You know, it was yeah. just the icing on the cake and it was a fucking fantastic flip. So, and they, uh, I love the stadium for playing the song, just like in case everyone didn't know what we were doing. <laughs> and like, if you missed it in the barley, you're like, all right, here it is guys. This is what we're doing. This after we go. And uh, it got as probably some of the best sing along from the sides that we got the whole night was people singing boop. There it is. So yeah, the shot you that Jonah mentioned, the one that went just yeah. wide, that whole sequence kind of was like the perfect encapsulation of his FC Cincinnati experience so far. Right. Cause he had, he had just lost the ball by making a bad pass and Lucha's hands were up and he was like pissed off at him. <laughs> but then he immediately wins the ball back from NYC and takes that shot, which is a little wide, but I think if it's on frame, it goes in. He hit the keeper. He hit the yeah, keeper. The keeper yeah, yeah, he was just standing there. It was one of those where like he's just going to watch it if it goes in. Yeah. yeah. 
I think it was Ken in the Discord that had a decent point where I look, all goals are good. There's no such thing as a bad goal from any player, especially from a striker. Bepens is paid to score goals. I don't care what they look like. Ball in the back of the net is what I'm looking like. I I would prefer uh, 20 goals that look like that to five goals that are the rockets from the top of the box. It's a, more goals right. are better. We're a process-oriented podcast, except when it comes to goals. The process I care about is the ball going in the back of the goddamn net. I don't, the details are unimportant to me. But having said that, um, it's a poacher's goal. And I don't know that that's what he was brought in for in terms of the skill set they are looking and the the role on the team that they are looking to fill. Maybe they were. Maybe this move has always been couched as a we are replacing Brenner or not Brenner, uh, Brandon Vasquez preemptively. Now we found a Vasquez replacement. We didn't find a Brenner replacement and they will move next year to find someone that complements Bupenza the way Brenner kind of complimented Vasquez in that regard. Because so far, they're kind of playing similar styles. That's the kind of goal that Vasquez scored a lot last year. Right place, right time. Crashing the net on a uh, on a snapshot by Halsey to get the rebound. I love to see that. I was under the impression, and I was on the hope, that Bupenza would be more of a creator. And thus far, he hasn't really shown that. But Again, you know, as long as he's scoring goals, I, I have a hard time being mad about that. And as long as he's scoring goals, I, I have a hard time being upset about the fact that he's on a DP wage bill. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was interesting, too, this game. Um, I think it was immediately afterwards, or at least I saw these quotes afterwards. Uh, Vasquez uh, talking to the media, saying like his relationship and his connection with Bupenza is great, incredible. He absolutely loves it. He loves that Bupenza's here. Uh, but then during the game, uh, you see multiple times uh, Lucho just chewing out Bupenza for any number of things. So... Of that attacking three, maybe he's worked things out with Vasquez, but he is not quite on the same page with Lucho. Granted, Lucho yells at everybody every single game. He's chewed out Bariel any number of times as well. Uh, I don't he know was how ready much to kill Kimi. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yes, right. <laughs> Let's put it this way: in terms of like, you know, there's different styles of leadership that they talk about. Yeah. Lucho's style of leadership will not appear on one of those accessories posters <laughs> that they have on the hallway in like, you know, shitty office buildings. Right. There will not be a picture of Lucho just tuning up a teammate at full volume <laughs> on the middle of the field because a run didn't get made the exact way he wanted to. I'm happy he's our captain. The results speak for themselves. Ball don't lie. But I don't think the man is ever happy with anything that's happening on the field. <laughs> you know, those, those posters never... Uh... And they never talk about the, you know, the the hard ass who chews everybody out. But like historically, those are like the most successful coaches, the most successful CEOs, the most successful, you know, bosses of some kind. I don't know. There's certainly the imitators that don't quite pan out. But like, I'm sure Nick Saban is a very soft spoken, mild mannered gentleman with all of his uh, recruits down there at Alabama. And Bob Knight certainly had some success, I'm sure, by smooth talking his Bill, uh, <laughs> Bill Belichick, notoriously good guy. <laughs> uh, I will say I noticed a couple times with Halsey early in the game, like Lucho was like, 
telling him to play him the ball. And like, he looked up and Halsey was like, I'm going to cross it. <laughs> so <laughs> I respect that. Like he's not afraid. He's not just like a wilting flower out there. He's kind of, he's not afraid to do what he thinks is the right ball. And like Lucho's not always make, you know, he's selfish too. He wants the ball at all times, but that's not always the best ball. And uh, the be best example of the Lucho Bupenza, um, relationship growing or not growing was that breakaway in the second half where I'm screaming chip the keeper who was playing it was like Lucho Bupenza break maybe one defender and they're just going down I'm like he's gonna chip him oh okay all right it's two on one we're good and he never plays the ball to Bupenza loses the ball and like Bupenza was probably as mad as I've seen him in a game so far and I want to be like yeah now now's your time to be demonstrative at Lucho <laughs> because he fucked that up first of all everyone wants you to chip the keeper Lucho and no one's mad if you miss second of all <laughs> at least play Bupenza in and uh maybe he wasn't going to play him because they're beefing or breaking I don't it think I'm ever first. I don't, that's like the one play in soccer that I'm never mad that you try like yes. even if it's like woefully terrible you yeah. try to chip the keeper. I'm always on my feet excited that you tried that. Yeah, very similar. Maybe it's the same thing. I love the shot from the kickoff. <laughs> it never works, but I like that somebody's <laughs> thinking about it. <laughs> it's like a flea flicker in football. It's like right. it might not work, but damn it, I'm happy you tried. They got to think about this for the rest of the game. This is in the bag. <laughs> so on, um, you know, to what to what Jonas said, I was watching the highlights uh, a little bit ago and on the Moreno goal, I was also wondering if, if it's Brandon making the run next to Lucho instead of Bupenza, if Lucho makes an earlier pass and, <laughs> and finds him. And if he just waited for some defenders to get back and junior to get in the box because he didn't want to play in Bupenza. Yeah, Trouble in saying, paradise. People are saying. <laughs> I uh, yeah. Other people in the Discord were were tracking mid game. Has has Lucho passed to Bupenza? Uh, I think I think he did. Uh, but you know, maybe something to keep an eye on there. If that grunge, we'll start uh, counting it. Yeah, yeah. If that grunge continues um, in into the uh, the midweek game. Now um, I said that Lucho yeah. had some incredible Lucho moments in this game that I mm -hmm. there was one of the most epic nutmegs he's pulled all season where he had two guys on him and proceeded to attempt to nutmeg both of them <laughs> succeeded with one of the two uh, the other one eluded him he also played one of the best passes I've seen all year where at midfield he threads a through ball to Arius that on the ground travels about 30 yards just Is that the one towards the barley Towards the barley, yeah. He, was like, he like backspin and like yeah, laid it up like a fucking like, it was, golfer. It, yeah, no. If if Messi would have been the person playing this ball, both people in the broadcast booth would have had to have new pants sent up. <laughs> you did it. Fuck! Oh shit! Oh, oh man, you couldn't make you couldn't make one episode. Oh. <laughs> You're lucky we haven't decided a punishment yet. She said oh if Almada did that. Yeah. <laughs> if Almada had done that. <laughs> oh my god. Really? Wow. <laughs> Fuck. Man, I'm, yes. I'm sorry, guys. That's on me. That's a Jimbo on me. <laughs> I um It I was one of it. his best passes of the year, though. It was. Yeah, it was incredible. 
No, I, I miss. I I honestly missed you mid sentence there, Chief, because I'm over here. I've got the uh, the passing map up, and <laughs> Acosta and Bupenza's like positions, like their circles, are so on top of each other. I cannot highlight the passing lane between them. I have no way. I'm choosing to believe this is part of a conspiracy. I have no way to check how many passes between the two of them. So. There you go. I know that's what everybody was curious there there hasn't I'm been still one. shook. I'm, I'm sorry, guys. It's going to take me a minute here to get back into... I'm just going to need to take a moment off here. <laughs> well, while Chief collects his thoughts and uh, braces for, for the punishment impact here, we can talk about that Moreno goal uh, because this is a... Uh, it's a lovely team goal, is, is what MLS described it as. And by that, I mean it's a lovely Lucho goal that ultimately ends in somebody else scoring. Um, I don't remember who touches this at the very beginning. I want to check we, this. Before yeah, we get please. to this, there was the – so this was in the second half. I do want to point out something that I loved in the first half right at the very end. Um, Bapenza got taken down on – I'd say it was a – fair but hard challenge and mm, matt miazga mm-hmm. got a little hot about this and let the ref know that he did not appreciate how things were going immediately after getting off card suspension picked himself up another card i love, I love the that. leadership <laughs> having said that i've seen what this team looks like without matt miazga if he could avoid picking up any more unnecessary cards I'd love that. I would love that for us if we could make sure we don't lose him for another game. Yeah. Why even cover your mouth if you're going to get the yellow anyways? You know, he's like, Mr. Cover his mouth. I'm like, hey, just let it fly, man. You're yeah. it's not saving you anything. It's not. It's like when Joey Votto, like, would try to talk shit to the ump by, like, turning his head back and looking down and still getting thrown out of the game. It's like, it's <laughs> not saving you anything. I want to know what you're saying. So just I do. I, I wish they had the mic'd up things like they do in the NFL so you could hear exactly what Matt Miazga said to draw the yellow. I feel That'd like the great. covering your mouth is more likely to backfire as a player as well because the ref could say, oh, he was saying some heinous shit to me and you don't have like tape to go back and try to do. There is tape. Well, not if you're covering your mouth. You but can't go. Re- the oh, referee, do they record there's, it? There's recorded. Um, oh. and they, they, don't, they don't save them. Okay. But they only, they only use them if there is like, Ah. a dispute about like an allegation that somebody okay <laughs> uh said something that they that they weren't supposed to or there's an accusation that the referee said something so they can use the <laughs> tape as like you know exo- exonerating uh, they say evidence. they're delete they say they're deleting the tape but i'll bet you they've got a full archive of every recording from every match ever at mls central <gasps> they're Don Garber's secret it. vault they're feeding it so, into a referee ai bot that will learn from all the years of recorded conversations with refs how to become a referee. I love this. I, I believe it's one of the things in the CBA. I was going to say, they Grayson, have to delete it. If anybody knows, it would be you. <laughs> um, you know, but, you're, uh, you're going to fuck around and actually get like a real interview on ESPN at some point. CBA <laughs> expert Grayson. Um, Is that your real name? Yeah, go with it. Yeah, it's close it's enough. Is, is Neil your real name? Neil? <laughs> Taylor? Come on. Uh, um, the, uh, 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 the, the goal, <clears throat> the Moreno goal, uh, Ian yeah. Murphy starts the sequence. That's it. Okay. Ian Murphy finds Lucho. 
Lucha finds Brandon. Brandon is fouled, but he was able to get the ball to Lucho first. And then um, uh, Lucho tries to pass to Brandon, but he's been fouled. But Moreno yeah. gets there, finds Lucho again, and then Lucho carries the ball into the box. Yeah, it was the Moreno touch in particular I was curious about. Um, I really just wanted to credit Halsey in some way, but it was not him. <laughs> no, he wasn't his, involved. His positioning <laughs> on the other side was uh, impeccable. Although his shot um, is an honorary... Uh, it's the honorary, the post since he assisted the match day. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> the unofficial uh, assist. That's a goal 30% of the time, folks. Yes. And uh, yeah, Moreno, uh, sneaky, racking up the goals for FCC, gets a uh, an easy one at about the penalty spot, buries it, and... There's no looking back. Like, not no. that this match was really in question after the sixth minute, I don't think. Um, but New York had a couple nothing. of de- they had a, they had a yeah. couple of decent looks. Nothing that was like super scary, but they had a really good header across the face of goal. I think a minute after, um, yeah, Bapenza scored. I love this second goal though because it's just sort of like why Lucho is an MVP candidate and why he's the the unquestioned leader of this team is that his run draws like four people to him that collapses the defense on him. And when it looks like he's about to be dispossessed, he somehow manages to just tow the ball enough to go right into the lane. And the ball is in slow motion moving across the box because everybody has collapsed in on Acosta to stop the run. And Moreno gets like a 10 yard run head start on this ball and finally catches up to it and just buries it right past the keeper. But the touch to create that from Lucho is just sublime as he's falling down. Yeah, it's uh, no, it's great. You don't see that a lot in MLS where like one dude can just be a black hole and everybody in the defense is sucked into him. And um, no, it just really brings to mind like the only guy I can think of is like Hani Mukhtar. So. Yeah, that's I good. I agree. It's also the only guy I can think of. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I was <laughs> wrong. There's no um, somebody there's else. No, come on, come on. Don't make don't <laughs> don't make me the only guy. I, I was wrong. There's no requirement that that they delete the hey, um, the see? recordings, but uh, there is just kind of strict limitations on how they <laughs> on how they use them and who can who can get them. I'm sure nobody's pornography. Yeah. I'm looking at uh I'm a stats guy too. I'm always checking out the numbers. Always. Lucho this season with 30 shots on target last year. All of last year he had 22. Ooh. So it's like he, he read our mind cuz I he thought I thought so many times last year and the year before I'm like you could shoot and he's not like blasting shots all the time, but it's like there's so many times where you could have pulled the trigger and he didn't. I'm like, Is it, we want you to shoot too, man. Like, yeah. But he just loves doing <laughs> his little tricks and his little passes, which is what makes him great. But uh, yeah, he's still, what he's I, still making that happen. What I appreciate about Lucho too is that it's rare that you get the shot from Lucho where it's like, why the fuck did you shoot that? Right. Like there's a lot of players on this team and around the league where they pull the trigger and you think to yourself, man. There was probably a better decision you could have made other than putting this one 10 yards over the crossbar. When Lucho shoots, it's rare. And I don't even I can't even think of one that sticks out of a he takes a heinous rip and there was no chance this was going in at all. Yeah. No, it's, yeah he'll usually uh, get like blocked, but he won't get like yeah. 
sky at 30 yards like he'll shoot it into traffic or something but he won't get blocked yeah he's not a yuya kuboing his shots i feel like kubo is always good for three to four yards away from the goal i was gonna say that but i was also gonna say that Kubo had a fantastic game. Yeah. So <laughs> don't get me wrong. He's, I don't know. I I still maintain that Stom broke him. He is, he is no longer the uh, the shooter, the striker that he was in Europe. He is now a very good box to box midfielder with no end product. And he's proven that now two games in a row that he is still very good and I feel like Max willed this into existence. A lot of Max on this podcast tonight. Uh, I feel like Max willed this into existence, which is like Kubo can still be, you know, can still prove his his salary is worthwhile and justifiable down the stretch. Like he can still be a good contributor. And he's two for two on game since he said that, where Kubo absolutely looks like one of the better players on the field, or at the very least, it isn't embarrassing how much he is making to his his contribution on the field. Moreno, I mean, Moreno was also great. Yeah. Even, you know, the goal notwithstanding. Right. Um, you know, he had almost as many touches as Lucho did. Um, and he wow. was very influential defensively. Right. Because it, it needs to be said that they kept a clean sheet mm-hmm. and basically neutralized anything NYCFC wanted to do offensively in this game without Wobodo on the field. Yeah. So their best stopper, clogger, problem creator on the defensive side of the ball, not available due to card accumulation, and you would never have known it watching how this team played. And a lot of that is Yuya Kubo and Junior Moreno stepping up to fill the void. And it would be one thing if they did that and this team had to grind out a one goal win because they're contributing, they're spending so much time focusing on keeping the defense afloat. But this is a game with no mascara, no Wobodo, and there was no drop off in terms of the defensive quality. And that's again. Yeah. NYC is is not great, but we've seen this team struggle against not great teams when they're missing key contributors. And that wasn't the case this game. Yeah. Uh, the defense in particular, I think, um, Ian Murphy, once again, looked very good. And uh, Arias, I feel like, needs to be said, uh, very, very good game again from him. We're seeing more and more, uh, you know, it's kind of the the theory of the case uh, behind Arias coming into this team was, you know, he's coming back from a really bad injury. He may still be fragile, but if he can stay healthy down the stretch, he could prove to be an incredibly valuable piece. And we are seeing that proven pretty consistently here. What they're starting to do with Arias that I really like is that they are starting. Arias is making more runs at goal now as the season is getting further along. So that used to be exclusively the province of Barrial. Barrial would be the person that would knife forward and, and Arias would hang back a little bit more. You'd see more of Arias's contributions in the first half of the final third versus actually getting down towards the end line. And he had two or three really good runs in this game after having a couple really good ones in the last game as well. He had one where Lucho kind of did him dirty in the first half where Lucho plays a through ball that he overcooks a little bit and it drifts out towards the sidelines when 
Arias is knifing in towards goal and he had to bend his run to go get the ball. And if the ball is placed better, he's one-on-one with a straight shot in on goal that I would have been mm. shocked that he didn't score based on the angle he was coming at at the keeper. But he made some really, really good runs in this game in addition to his defense too, I thought. Yeah, and then finally, on the defensive side, but I would talk about him on the offensive side, my boy, your boy, Nick Haglin, gets on the score sheet, buries a header in the 59th minute, a uh, an assist from Lucho Acosta. You'd be forgiven for thinking that this was... Uh, I don't forget who the other corner taker was on this. It was was a short Halsey. Halsey Halsey hits the short corner to Lucho. Lucho then hits the ball um, for the, the service into the box to an absolutely wide open (laughs) and unmarked Nick Hagland, who still has to do well for as far away as he is from net to actually score the ball. But um, yeah, there was no one. He could have put his arms out and spun in a circle and he wouldn't have hit anybody. Uh, he looked really goal. weird doing it too if he would have done if he would have chosen to do that it would have been very odd but yeah uh, he's goofy he should have uh, no Jonah and I agree uh, Halsey getting the MLS assist here is really the main takeaway I think. Yeah. <laughs> and Lucho's corner infinitely better after a tiny little tap right. it's just like he's something about a regular corner kick is like unhittable for him <laughs> And then these gives me two. Yeah, it's moving. it was beautiful. That was a great header. And I I was telling the star of the episode, Max, I was like, <laughs> I think we might be overdoing the like treating Nick Haglin like he's a England player who got racially abused after the World Cup for missing a PK. I was like, Haglin's going to be okay. First of all, we all thought he was missing. Uh, second it's of like all. It's like the worst uh, thing you could yeah. tell him. It's like, hey, man, don't worry. We all thought you were going to miss this even before There's you walked up to take no it. expectations here, bud. We're, we're mad at everybody. But Nick Haglund, like I don't think <laughs> Nick Haglund took any shit. Honestly, maybe he should have taken a little he bit. Got, it was a terrible he got a lot PK. of shit. You know, uh, but he yeah, also like it, it is funny though. It's like, look, it's, like it's, Nick, it's not your fault. Look, yeah. The coach should never have put you in this position to do something yeah. you're incapable of doing. It's like, right. like th- thanks. <laughs> I can kick a soccer ball. <laughs> so um, after the game, uh, my uh, my buddy and I got uh, margaritas and. Um, because they do like the half, half price drinks after after uh, after the final whistle in the first financial club, Ooh, and we were just like sitting in our seats, uh, drinking our margaritas, and then um, <laughs> and then uh, it, was, it was Devin, right? Oh, wait, continue. Nick, Nick Hagen comes. This is the bougiest lead off to a story ever. So we're just sitting in our string seats, drinking our half price margs. Nick, Nick Hagen comes killers. over because there's a there's like a girl in the front row. Like I swear, like she was the only, the only kid in the vicinity, and um, she's wearing a Haglinger shirt. And he hops over the wall and comes in, like says hi to her and like signs. And then immediately, like twenty five kids just appear out of nowhere <laughs> and they're just like they're just like mobbing him um it was like the it's like when the when the ewoks like are appearing where like you don't see any and then suddenly there's suddenly there's 50 um but yeah i mean he's clearly a uh well-liked player well, we, and he was we, he was very very good with the kids we learned on wednesday his programming also prevents him from impersonating a deity <laughs> oh no. 
Oh, I, was, I was also thinking it'd be funny if we had gone with my uh, TIFO idea for uh, the Open <laughs> Cup. <laughs> England as the Ballon d'Or winner. Even the ultimate, like, whoops, like, moments that perce- or things that proceeded. <laughs> unfortunate uh, events. Pre- yeah. Proceeded unfortunate events. Yeah. Or, or would that have resulted in us winning? Because you hoist yeah, that TIFO. No, then exactly. Nick like is like I can't take a PK after that. If I miss this, <laughs> it's the only thing anyone will ever remember about me forever. So then he never steps up to take it. Halsey, and... who had a good shot on him, now we know can also shoot it. Yeah, should have stepped up. That's the first knock. I also think. Well, yeah, Halsey... I actually was going to say that I think Halsey. There's no doubt in my mind that Halsey would have made would have made his PK. Well, what if he misses it, and then because he misses it, he doesn't oh. get the start in this game. And then we never get the idea in our minds that Kevin never gets like, oh, yeah, in ink for next year for the lineup. (laughs) (laughs) I I just it's shocking to me. Because even his initial very limited appearances. Yeah. You at least got the impression like, oh, yeah, this guy is like this guy's active and he's and he's, you know, up for it. Yeah. Yeah. Like making himself. You know, he's he's finding ways to contribute. You know, while he's on the field and he looked he played really well uh, the last game in probably his longer. Probably that was probably his longest appearance before Saturday. Yeah. And then he looked really good. I mean, like, I don't want to I don't want to overstate how good he looked. Right. No, but, you can't. He looked but really it's shocking, good. <laughs> but it's shocking to me that like RSL was looking at this guy. Well, RSL found zero minutes for him in two years. And then they had this guy under what I assume was like a, you know, off cap, very cheap deal to bring him back. And they were just like, no, we're not interested in this guy having a taking up any space on our roster, right. even though it's not impacting our roster budget at all. So I had this conversation with someone um, after the game was over where we were talking about how good Halsey looked. And somebody said in the well. If he was so good, why did RSL let him go? What are the odds that he's actually good? And this is just a flash in the pan thing. And then somebody else brought up, well, that's the exact same story with Brandon Vasquez. Like he, they didn't have any room for him in Atlanta. They left him unprotected for the expansion draft. And yeah, we have firsthand proof on this team that this coaching staff can find and identify guys who are undervalued assets that aren't just undervalued assets that are valueless assets to the teams that are holding their contract currently and coach them up and get something out of them. So it would be, it would be very fun in terms of just sort of like the, the way the circle of life goes for this team that they would sell Brandon Vasquez at a massive profit. And then immediately next year, add on to the roster as a starter or put onto the roster, join the roster as a starting lineup. The next player that they got for absolutely nothing, who is young, that they can then develop into someone who they then sell for a massive profit. That would be phenomenal storytelling. And if the script writers are out there, that's the kind <laughs> I prefer that script to the one that we witnessed in the open cup. I'll say that. Um, yeah. And, you know, I think it's interesting that, and maybe this is like, maybe this is part of it. Um, my recollection is that Halsey had been playing primarily in midfield positions yeah. uh, when he was on loan in USL. 
And so maybe RSL just never thought maybe he's, maybe he'd be pretty good at wingback. Yeah. You know, and maybe it's, maybe it's a situation where they saw how he could, how he could contribute to the team at a different position than he had usually played. And while he's maybe not an MLS level midfielder, he can look really, really good in a wingback spot. So we know yeah. Dom Kinnear is the striker guy. Who on the coaching staff is the wingback whisperer? Because they've successfully made Alvaro Barrial a shitload of money, presumably, <laughs> by converting him to wingback. Now this would be the second time that they'd be like, hey, why don't you just sort of walk towards the sidelines over there and just <laughs> run back and forth and see how it feels. See, right. just try it on. Just see how you like it. And oh, look at that. You're creating goal scoring opportunities right here. Oh, I'm glad you went there, Chief, because I was going to ask you, Jonah, uh, who is more annoyed at Halsey's, you know, couple of appearances having, I, I guess, endeared me. I'll, I'll assume the fan base is endeared as well. Is <laughs> it Kimi Ordonez or is it Isaiah Foster, who this is his <laughs> spot? This was supposed to be Foster. <laughs> and they were teammates uh, last year at Colorado Springs. Hilarious. Look at that. <laughs> also looks like RSL plays a 4-4-2, so maybe they, they don't have wingbacks at yeah. RSL. So. I was wondering how many wingbacks systems are even in MLS. I feel like nobody plays that. But doesn't Philly? Probably. And uh, whatever we're doing, they're doing. I mean, yeah. I'm sure other teams, to, to be clear. <laughs> sure, Kevin. Sure, sure. We're the only ones that figured this out. No, I just don't uh, think it's super common. So I don't think the Kimi market the, was there. Was Kimi on the bench this past game? No. Because he wasn't Kimi's playing hurt. tonight. Oh, okay. He was. He was on the. He was. He was listed as out. Yeah. On yeah. the injury report, and he didn't dress Wednesday either. I mean, we've given him, um, I'm not saying to banish Kimi forever, but like he's had chances. And yeah. so it's not like it was not like we never gave him a chance. Halsey hasn't played that much, but, you know, as long so, as you keep playing well, you'll get to keep playing in the games. Probably. So all I'm hearing out of this is that we need to do a TIFO with Barial, Arias and Halsey as cast members from the TV show Wings. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I don't know if it's niche enough. You know? <laughs> like, what the fuck? Tifo's sweat up in Columbus to be all over this. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's worth something. I don't know what it is, but yeah. Yeah, Kimi didn't dress for um, he was nude FCC for 2 today either. I mean, Which we won. Uh, I'm sure we were all there sitting yes. together. Watching in the big stadium, enjoying our discounted <laughs> concessions. I um, did. Um, yeah, please. Come on, this wouldn't be a great tifo. I'm sending the link in the Discord. <laughs> oh, Jesus, <laughs> this is my Ian Murphy and Nick Hagland <laughs> pushing up. <laughs> Who cares stupid. what I'm talking about? I don't care at all. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, no. and then that one guy was in the remake of The Shining that was like on ABC, like the oh. Stephen King approved Shining. Yeah, Stephen Weber. Yeah, he was also in um, uh, uh, Reefer Madness. He played oh. the he played the drug dealer. Oh, that redhead was such a babe. <laughs> Wasn't she the one from Robin Hood Men in Tights? Was she? If she's not, she's doing a great impersonation. 
<laughs> she was the one who was married to John Ritter, R.I.P. Uh, Tim Daly had a had a frequent Daly, guest yeah. appearance on uh, The Sopranos. He played that screenwriter with the gambling problem that was always in debt to Chris. Mm-hmm. And then another redhead was Christopher's love interest. What was she on? Was that uh, you know, I'm talking about when he was like Adriana? she was an actor. No, oh, she was like no, the, the pale, girl, the little girl from redhead. Dune. Was she was she, in the. She was the girl in the original she, Dune movie. The little. Well, she's on sister. Uh, sick. She was on some sitcoms too. Wasn't uh, Alicia. Alicia Witt. Alicia. Dewitt. This is compelling content. Right here. <laughs> Grayson's way too good at this. Is she what was I'm also on, she was also on Justified. She played uh, Alicia Witt. Yeah. Mr. Holland's Opus. That's on Twin Peaks. Allie McBeal. Sybil. Sopranos. Well, she was on Twin Peaks. That was a David Lynch show. So, of course, she would have gotten a cast in Dune, I think. Because <laughs> Kyle McLaughlin point. was in the original Dune, and he was also on Twin Peaks. Yeah. There you go. Damn. That movie does so... not hold up, by the way. Um, <laughs> I watched Dune? it. Yeah, the David Lynch Dune movie. It's incredible as a, hey, it's that guy movie, where it's like, oh, hey, there's Captain Picard. Why not? Um you say but hold he, up. I don't think it ever <laughs> was up. <laughs> uh, he turned down directing Return of the Jedi to make that movie. <laughs> well, given how it turned out, maybe we were all better off for Yeah, maybe that's just everybody was where they needed to be for, for, that, for that particular moment in history. <laughs> um, is there anything else from this game? Uh, a lot of the usual suspects come in, subbed in late. Uh, uh, Roman had a great save late to yeah, preserve true. the uh, uh, 68th, 69th minute. He's got a, a fantastic uh, save. He also mugged for the camera at least once in one of the greatest meme moments generated <laughs> by FC Cincinnati this year. <laughs> Yeah, the the pride quick on the uh, will be just <laughs> we'll be we'll right be right back. Back. Yeah, so good. <laughs> I don't think I don't think New York had a single chance that wasn't like a cross in the end of the box, like off someone's head. I, I can't really remember anything but that. And those count all the same. Sure. If you score them. But like they weren't like breaking us through it all. And I feel like that's pretty good with a game with uh, sometimes malign Nick Hagland and young Ian Murphy. So. You know, they're not lighting anybody up, I guess, based on their standings. I still had a little fear just because I remember them. And also the level <laughs> of shithousery was so low mm-hmm. for a NYCFC game. It had really no b- resemblance to any of our past games with them where there's always either a villain. Oh, we should know. But like they're right. always like rolling on the ground, getting into some shit. And there was they seemed pretty much resigned they were still whipping in those balls and trying to head them in. But like the last 15 minutes, they were like coasting as much as you'll see a visiting team coast. And I was fine with that. It was a whole new feeling <laughs> from the last several weeks of just like gut churning. So it was nice. Keaton, nice little walk in the park. I feel like Keaton's usually pretty good for some shit housing, but I didn't see much from him. He also just kind of looks like a bully. Yeah. So you assume the worst, just like that long <laughs> just, neck. And this he's the only blanky. player in soccer that falls down, writhing on the ground, but also asks you for your lunch money at the exact same time. <laughs> little Cobra Kai-ish. Um, I did see, I did, I did see this headline in ESPN FC just about the game in general. Poor sportsmanship, 
Maxi Morales seen asking Brett Halsey for autograph and post-game <laughs> confrontation. <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm glad we could talk about this now because... Uh, this is going to be fun Her- to talk about without mentioning anyone's name, though, so good luck. <laughs> I'm just saying, Hercules Gomez goes on on Twitter, uh, very upset, as far as I can tell, the only person upset that Vasquez... The whole ESPN FC crew was, was upset. They went off. Yeah. They did like a whole eight minutes complaining about... Yeah. Was it Ali Moreno, too? It was of Ali course. Moreno, uh, like Steve, One Steve of Nichol. the worst soccer talkers yes. in the world. <laughs> also, former crew guy who yeah. is like hated Cincinnati just because we exist. You also have to like, you have to color all this conversation with the knowledge that this is a network and a bunch of people that explicitly decided they didn't want to have the rights for MLS. That mm-hmm. if they had made any kind of competitive bid for this league, it would have been accepted like flat out. Yeah. Yeah. I assume that some of this is sour grapes. Man, they're they're seeing everything happening and not that they would have put up the money to make it happen. But like like we spent years trying to convince people that Jordan Morris was a star. And now there's an actual star in this fucking league and we don't have the rights to it. (laughs) And they're covering it. Like, yeah, like it's been the lead of several sports centers. Can what you imagine is? if they had the rights? What's been these the lead? magical games with <laughs> with uh, Busquets, <laughs> Busquets and friends? That's what everyone's been calling yeah. it. Everyone Busquets strikes again. New York Times. <laughs> the Jordi headline. Alba highlight train continues. Like I couldn't figure out. Like I went back and forth with with. Uh, Herc a little bit on Twitter is like, what are you insinuating? Like, should we be threatening Vasquez? Like, should somebody have like attacked him or something? Like, what? Well, how would if, you if like somebody, me to react? If somebody to this? should. I haven't. Like, Kevin has a knife. Like, I'm just he's saying, willing to do this. You you call his number, Herc, and I'm right there for you. It's just so weird that like. So much of like the rest of the world complains about hooligan culture, doesn't want ultras culture. They despise, you know, the knifings and the, you know, how intense and whatnot. Yeah. And then you get to MLS and it's like, how dare these players enjoy their lifestyle and their freedom to play the sport and everybody cheer them on. It's like, I don't know, man. Like, I feel like if. They didn't have the fear of stabbings in Italy or Mexico. More players would be there. <laughs> like, Well, to me, ugh. what's funny about all this is that this is what caught like this. This game is what caused the kerfuffle here. When if you're just being objective about this is going to piss you off far and away, the more egregious sort of violating the pirate code of pretending that you care and this isn't a job to you and you don't, you know, you're allowed to enjoy other aspects of things, was Dax McCarty getting on Twitter when he received the jersey from uh, Busquets' buddy. An an opponent. An opponent um, from the Garber Globetrotters. And standing with the jersey, posing with it, 
says, well, at least the night wasn't a total loss, implying right. that this somehow made up for the fact that his team lost the fucking cup final. The final. Right, right, right. Well, that's a big monetary bonus, if you think about it. The value of is, is right. it. How, how, sure yeah. how funny would it be if it appeared on eBay immediately afterwards? <laughs> I, would have so much, same spot. Yeah. I would have so <laughs> much respect <laughs> if it was anonymous, another, another anonymous being listed by user D McCarty. <laughs> um, I, I, I just, it doesn't bother me that play when players ask like opponents for, for their Jersey. Um, and I also want to point out that Aaron Ramsdale has, you know, admitted to asking, uh, Cristiano Ronaldo for his autograph after Arsenal played, Man U in the league. And, you know, I don't know. People don't seem to be melting down over that. And nobody's questioning, like, oh, that's just because in the Premier League, they don't take, they don't take soccer seriously or whatever. <laughs> right. Like, there's nothing to play for. Um, every time that we send basketball players to the Olympics, opposing players uh, ask them for their autographs. I mean, I don't know. Is there is there a moment in the game, in the game from Wednesday, where you could say, "Oh yeah, Brandon Vasquez was dogging it here because he didn't really care. He was thinking about, you know, what's he gonna do after." Right. No. It's it's so silly. Yeah, and then the argument is like, "Well, don't do it on the field. Do it in the locker room." It's like nobody okay, well, saw then, it. Until I don't even know what you're about. It becomes yeah. it becomes more appropriate if you go up and ask him for his autograph while he's hanging dong like in the changing room. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, they don't share a changing room at that. Like I don't know, man. It's just so weird. Um, is there anything else from this game? Uh, I have no. a little. I have a minor minor gripe. Oh please, um, go off. There was a okay. statement I saw somewhere, and I know it was in the media guide ahead of the game. Where uh, F- they they described FC Cincinnati winning against NYCFC as being the first time in club history that they've beaten a team three times in all competitions in one season. Oh boy, it's the first time in MLS. Thank you. Uh, I'm not sure it hasn't happened another time, but I just after some quick research uh, found that in 2018 they did beat Indy Eleven three times. In the USL regular season. Boom. Jeez. Oh. I, uh, it's sad. not hard, folks. Just like if you aren't even going to look at the USL records, which fair enough, don't claim the USL records. Just claim MLS. Like you can't like it. Maybe it never happened in USL. But if you aren't going to check, just claim the MLS. And then if it comes out later that that hadn't also happened in USL, then go back. Because, again, we were pretty good in USL. So a lot of these records don't actually exist because we did beat teams a lot back in USL. So um, and I, I think it's probably an honest mistake. Like, don't get me wrong. No, but we're no. not letting anyone uh, off the not. <laughs> I just felt I just felt compelled to check that because I knew that we had won a lot of games in USL. Oh, and in weird. USL, you, we played teams. Oh, yeah. Three times in a season sometimes. Yeah. Because that's how they that's how they schedule those. Also what kind of league would put three teams in one schedule. Yesterday was the first time the Reds and FCC have <laughs> won on the same day. 
I'm sorry. Tell her stop it. I forgot to tweet it, but <laughs> so it's the first cool time the, the Bengals preseason, <laughs> yeah. the Reds, <laughs> the Stars finally, finally aligned. So if you were at one of those three games, congratulations. Tell your grandkids. You, you witnessed history. The triumvirate. I know. Uh, I know. We've talked about this before, but it does feel like every single year is the for the first time ever. The NBA, the NFL, the MLS, the NHL all have a game on the same day. It's just every single year. It's, it's this is the first time ever. Um, okay, the Major League Lacrosse. Damn, that twenty eighteen <laughs> team was really like never losing. <laughs> Holy crap. We should have hired that coach to be in a... Oh, wait. Uh, yeah. Who's so our biggest cheerleader online, which is really weird to me still. You know what? Good for him. He, yeah. he, he needs engagement. I'm are not sure tweets, what he's doing. Are I his think... tweets still protected, though? No. I mean, yeah. I can he, see them. You have to he follow turns him to on and off. Them, I think. Okay. He protects it for a little it's bit. so weird. Yeah. <laughs> protected tweets was like what is the he, worst thing ever. Is he, is, he in, is he coaching in South Africa? He is a New Zealand development coach so i think he is coaching like he's like a behind the scenes kind of coach for like a league or a development system head coach of western suburbs fc that's a club (laughs) in Porirua, new zealand okay i got new zealand at least and he's the technical director Uh for olay football academy that's it in Porirua in the wellington region new zealand that's the piece i i knew i did not know he had a head coaching gig on top of that that's exciting. Oh God, yeah there so he coaches the senior team of the so the, there's an academy attached to a professional team and he coaches the professional team and he's technical director of the academy if you scroll down western suburbs fc's timeline just a little bit They've got like a video of the, the where they play at. Wow! Is it, a, is it just like a park? Are you on their their Wikipedia? They're, no, I'm not. They were, yeah, I'm on Wikipedia. Esta- established in 1906 as Mental <laughs> Hospital. <laughs> what is that real? It says initially as a recreational outlet for staff at Porarua Mental Hospital. Wow. So. After a tough day of, of dealing with all the fucking crazies, let's get out and kick the old footy around a little bit. Well, I, we don't need to describe AFC. people as, as, as crazies. That's I'm talking about awesome. the vernacular they in 1906. Yeah, right, right. It it's, was progressive in 1906, actually. Wow. I want to get that. Is there a throwback kit for Mental Hospital AFC? Because I would support that daily. Wow. Western suburbs, mental... Like, wow. That's fantastic. I was thinking if I was like, I was because th- we're talking about, was it Kovacevic? Who's the guy who had the throat mm-hmm. tattoo who like, you know, he had a cup of yeah. coffee here and then he was playing like in Cyprus or something. If you're a middling player, I think I would be of the mind. If you're going to pay me a living wage, I'm, I'm going for location. Like yeah. if maybe that's if why Alan, can't. maybe that's why he's so zen yeah. about his Cincinnati time now is he's living in New Zealand. He's yeah, got, you know, government nice. sponsored health care, nice weather, friendly people. I mean, why not at this point? Better than Edmonton. Let's go to. Well, I haven't looked up anything about this. But Alan, Alan New Koch Zealand does, seems like a great place. Alan Koch does feel like a guy <laughs> who would have like 
would have felt the need to move out of South Africa currently because of the political situation. Just seems like he would have some some thoughts about. <laughs> about the Somebody country, should ask him the state about of the country. It. <laughs> <laughs> he was it on the right side of history based on his coffee talk with Tommy G. I can't yes. believe they asked him about the greatest, the greatest moment in FC Cincinnati media history. Alan Gosh, what was it like growing up in apartheid? <laughs> um, I believe I also, that was the first question. Was the first question. Just the the number one question. <laughs> Come on, that's all I we have, wanted to know. I I need to know if I'm making if I made this up, but I have a distinct <clears throat> memory. Of Jurgen Lacadia having a press conference where Paul Doherty asked him about his quote rap music, where he says like <laughs> oh. he's like you make you make music rap music, uh, and then Lacadia would be like like making a face. But I I think I like last year I tried yeah. to find like a I tried to find that and I couldn't. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. I maybe I made this up. But he definitely asked him about. At the very least, his DJing. Now, mm. it, it, your version is funnier if he asked him about his rap. Like Tommy G asked him, like, you have a lot of tattoos. Yeah, he's, it's he's like, what's like, the end game on this? Covered head to toe in tattoos. <laughs> I actually, I actually, Black as I, can be. Look I, at think, I think that Alan Koch interview is up online. I think it's on like one of... So if you search for FC Cincinnati podcasts, there are a couple of defunct old ones that the team ran for a while. And I think one of them is the show that Alan Koch was interviewed at that was posted by a podcast. I haven't gone back to listen to it yet, but there's actually, there's a treasure trove of old content from FC Cincinnati back in the USL days. Like one of my favorite press conferences of all time is still up on the YouTube channel where we had signed a contract to play Valencia, but because someone's flight was running late, they didn't want it announced. So the media had already shown up and Jeff Birding goes out to do this presser to announce he can't announce who we're playing, but he can say that we are playing a team from La Liga and then proceeded to take questions from the media where he couldn't answer the one thing everyone had showed up to find out. And that was who the friend was against, because the guy who needed to be in the room for it to have not be announced was in mid flight. Like to the United States. <laughs> That's such good, like, training for a White House press secretary. It's like, there is one thing everybody wants to know. That is the one thing you cannot say, go. You've got <laughs> 10 minutes. You've got to survive. <laughs> you know, yeah, this team, like, was still in a phase of their existence where it's like, yes, we need every media eyeball on us at all times in order to keep building interest and keep our push to to MLS. Well, you've got all the local media here. You got to give them something. <laughs> and this is what you went with. Oh, Jesus. All right. Let's end this segment. Let's go. Let's go look at Atlanta midweek. My God, let's 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 keep this train rolling. And then uh, and then let's get out of here as a podcast. We're back and we're talking Atlanta at the midweek. And I mean, boy, you're, ta me you're talking Atlanta. I'm still <laughs> looking about Wellington. <laughs> I'm still looking Western <laughs> Suburbs FC in the Wellington region of New Zealand. <laughs> well, if you find a throwback kit, please share it in the Discord. But until then, uh, I, I will look ahead just briefly here because uh, before we started recording, I kid you not, I had uh, no idea that we had a game. 
this uh, this midweek here. I really was only looking ahead to the weekend. Um, FC Cincinnati plays Atlanta United, and they are a team that just handed Nashville their worst loss in MLS history, potentially club history, but I assume somebody beat them pretty good in USL way back when. Um, but yeah, unfortunately for the FC, uh, Atlanta is looking pretty good. And this was always sort of my nagging fear when playing Atlanta is that they have the talent. They have the pieces to be very good. We've been lucky enough on the season that they haven't quite gotten there. And yet they're there. <laughs> they, they do seem to have put all of this together. Um, I don't know. I, I, I don't just, know if I anybody, just sent, yeah, I just sent the Discord the uh, the coat of arms for the city that Western Suburbs plays in, and it's just insanely problematic. <laughs> wow! Some Parks and Recers. It really Speaking is the the mural from Parks and Rec. <laughs> do you think? Do you think Western Suburbs FC does a haka dance before their games? <laughs> Is that just a national team thing? I do a slightly different dance from their days in 1906. If it was John Harks down there, he would do it because we've seen him getting busy on the timeline dancing at some street fest. If it was was Ron Yans, he wouldn't dance with you. But if there were words to sing along to, he'd be down. (laughs) He danced when they, uh, I guess you'd call it dancing. He he did something with his legs. Um, looks like we're um, we're underdogs. No, no, no road respect for the supporters mm. shield leaders right now. We're plus 210. They are plus 105. How are we feeling about the season now? Like back on. This is a good get right win. Still feeling confident. I mean, yeah, they can still salvage this thing. Yeah, I <laughs> <laughs> can scrape and scrape their way. Actually, uh, it was uh our good friend um, Bill Wolf, who had uh, some math on Twitter that if the right couple of results go our way, FCC can clinch the playoffs on Wednesday. Yeah, uh, I believe it's. I believe if we win Wednesday, is that it? I we thought clinch. we needed a win. I thought we needed some help. So somewhere Charlotte down the line. and Chicago play each other. That's so what they it can't was. both win out. Okay. Yeah, so it was like a win. So I guess technically it wouldn't be clinched because it's not clinched until the results have actually happened, even though one result is in is inevitable. Right. But yeah, it would be like if a win and either Chicago or Charlotte don't win. Because right. we had this we had over the weekend while we were playing <clears throat> just about every result that if you were scoreboard watching yes. went FC Cincinnati's way on Saturday. You had LAFC lose. You had New England lose. You had St. Louis lose. Columbus won. That's annoying. uh, Nashville lost. So, yeah, like the overwhelming majority of the results. I think the only teams that you really would be side eyeing because they won were Philly and Columbus, but everybody else that's a competitor in the shield race, um, they did their part, which you you, got to respect that. If if Columbus becomes relevant in the shield race, I might. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, may, I may I may take 
may take some actions. I don't know. Because <laughs> it's too... Might get Kevin involved. <laughs> Uncle Stabby, it's time. They are was... a, uh, 12 <laughs> points behind us. And let me tell you, folks, I agree with Grayson. If that becomes relevant over the next nine games, something has trouble. gone horrifically wrong. Um, yeah, and if that becomes relevant, they're not the only team that's passed us. Yeah. Every, and, everybody has passed um, us. <laughs> Atlanta's a weird team because they've been very bad at times this year, mm -hmm. but they've also just won consecutive games against Seattle and Nashville by yeah. an aggregate of 6-0. Um, pretty good. So seemed to, and I just checked. They didn't have any notable injuries this past weekend, mm -hmm. and it looks like they didn't have anybody get into card uh, trouble so they should be pretty full strength um for wednesday and it's worth yeah. noting that their home form they play much better on at home than they do on the road they are eight uh eight wins at home versus only i think like three away uh and they also they are one of the worst defenses in major league soccer at least in the eastern conference they are second Worst in the in the conference and goals allowed. I think only Charlotte is worse. Yeah. yeah, only Charlotte is worse. So they give up a lot of goals, but they play way better at home. So, FCC, yeah, FCC has been historically terrible on turf. Uh, I don't think we've seen any real evidence this season to contradict that. Um, we do we do actually have a surprisingly decent record in Atlanta, though. That is true because is we've true. tied we've tied them there twice. Pretty good. <laughs> we tied them there last year. And we tied them there in 2019. Yeah, Joni, you're a veteran of a couple of the Atlanta ties, if I remember correctly. Of course, first one much better than the second one. Fives going into this one, Jonah. Um, I'm like you. I didn't realize we had a midweek game. So this is hitting <laughs> me like a ton of bricks. And I was watching the MLS wrap up show with Doyle and our good friend, Andrew Wiebe and some other guy I don't know. And I don't like that Doyle's like supporter shields wrapped up. It's a lock. I don't like that. And then, and nope. then they both, they both said both the non Weebies said, Miami's not going to make the playoffs. I said, don't, you know, don't get me excited yet. It's like, it's too much. And I'm like, I don't, I'm not doing the math, but like, it feels real right now. Like, yeah. oh, they'd have to win seven games or like only like drop points. Like once or twice, I was like, uh, yeah, it seems like something that possibly <laughs> what, might what happen. points have they dropped so <laughs> yeah. far? And who have, they, who have they not played yet? Right. Because they played, they have played us. Nashville. I think they do play Nashville. a lot of they were implying they do play Nashville. a lot of Western Conference teams, possibly. Mm -hmm. I haven't looked at it. So not as many chances to take points away, mm -hmm. so to speak. But uh, yeah, I mean, that's for another. Yeah, this uh, is dangerously close to breaking the moratorium. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. um, I need one of you to, to just say <laughs> his name because I'm feeling really Who's alone. Name? <laughs> do I count because I wasn't on that no, episode you don't, where you don't count, okay. but I don't want to get I don't get I'm not gonna dragged say it, into yeah. a Thank you. conversation here. <laughs> you gotta feel good though. Bupenza, he doesn't know about our record on turf. He's like, I'm gonna right. fucking shoot some lasers off this bad boy and um yeah, they I don't hope have they Andrew do. Gutman anymore. It would be so great if like Bupenza's game is elevated on turf. 
that like, he's the only one that he's a turn off. <laughs> he is a secret weapon on turf. <laughs> the weird bounces. It's just like his game is built for it. <laughs> we gave up some Galazos and we had a couple on uh, in Nippert, especially yeah. USL, like some real long range bombs. So uh, that would be nice. And who we've got. Everyone but Mascara, I'm assuming, back, you know, probably o- maybe not, there, maybe not Baji. Baji doesn't a, count. That's a champagne problem right now. You know? <laughs> Although I, I like Santos to look like Santos earlier when I was like getting really hyped on him. Ever since he got like the horse mane, it's been a little less gravy yeah, for him. That's, that's, think... that's a winner's haircut. And I don't think <laughs> yeah. he's earning that right now. I don't think Santos <laughs> is good enough for the hairstyle, for the constant hairstyle changes. <laughs> like, that's like, that a, that's like a flex. And like, you gotta you gotta score a couple more goals, man. Yeah, or you've got to convert to wide receiver because I feel like that plays for the wide receiver <laughs> that is just a massive diva, and you just never know if they're just gonna quit in the middle of a game. How about wingback? Is he our next big, <laughs> big project? He's got the speed for it. He's like no pushing end product. It's like, all right. But have you tried wing back, young man? This is probably you're, you're probably on your last contract of your career. But have you thought about converting <laughs> to defense? And Gaddis, how about up front? Let's just do it like for like. But yeah, we'll like have Obi like back, so. and we'll have everybody. Uh, unless there's been some new injuries that we haven't been told about, we'll have everybody that we played. Saturday. Yeah, for um, as good as we, I think we are. I, I'm not going to make my prediction yet, but uh, I mean, a, a draw feels doable. acceptable, doable yeah. and acceptable. Yeah. I won't, I won't be a brokenhearted over a two-two draw. Does uh, have we talked about the, uh, Almada yet? Maybe, maybe his transfer will heat up. Yeah, we briefly touched on it. And, yeah, and he'll start sitting out. So we should we should mention that uh, Tiago Mata, uh, Atlanta's star player, the one who I think had one appearance for the Argentinian national team during the uh, the World Cup win. He was a late addition to that squad. To be clear, he was not somebody nailed on to that team, uh, but he made the team and he has some amazing goals in MLS. He certainly looks like the best Argentinian in the league, at least for stretches. And he uh, well, not Luch. Not he's not better than Luch. Not counting Luch, to be clear. Although, like the first month of the season, you could have made the argument. Yeah. Oh yeah, he, he was really hot. He had some bangers to start the season off. Um, He is now rumored to be heading to, or at least there's interest from Ajax. I think it's Ajax in, uh, in the Netherlands Uh, numbers being talked about anywhere from seven to $15 million, depending on which tweet you've seen last. Um, Their window is open. MLS is, is closed, but that does mean he can leave. Uh, Atlanta would be unable to sign a, let's say, comparable replacement that could still sign somebody from usl or a free agent for at least what are we at another week i think before that window closes for mls yeah like another week um so yeah so potentially if he is keen on moving to europe maybe hopefully he is either sold by then or is throwing a fit yeah and either last one of those are acceptable outcomes that would be great yes. yeah. the last throwing. i saw from bogart was that the numbers you were talking about were not are not going to get it done ah, for, okay. for Atlanta. Don't so give like, up yet, guys. You know, Come on. Maybe. Uh, I mean, I 
I've been told it is illegal and abusive <laughs> to uh, negotiate for for a higher transfer fee when a player gets the opportunity to go to Europe. So, yes, and I, I, I do want to point out that Bogart said that that number won't get it done for Atlanta, which means there's a number that will get it done for Atlanta. So oh, please, yeah, yeah. please. Find that number in the next 48 hours. <laughs> I'm begging you, you Dutch weirdos, find that number. There's there's blue checks don't mean anything, but there's some um, there's some Twitter accounts in the last hour or two with followers up to hundred and forty five thousand tweeting about this saying Atlanta United wants says Tiago wants a transfer. Okay, you know, United wants to keep him, but they want a significant amount of money. That sounds like a good deal to me. There was like an MLS Netherlands account back in the day that covered a lot of this stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Let's see what what they got. (laughs) Bring him back. (laughs) Did you guys? I'm not. We're not rehashing the Miami game here. No, but but I'm sure you guys talked about the substitutions. Maybe negatively about some of the subs we had to make during the open cup game am i correct we did i never i didn't listen it came up it came up well i i heard a little birdie little little birdie was saying did you guys hear this that brandon vasquez had back spasms whoa and that lucho was cramping so get off pat noonan's Jack, okay. I know no one, literally no one's talking about that anymore. But folks, if I overhear Max talking to someone, I'm going to relay it instantly on this podcast. (laughs) I think I saw that birdie in the first financial club on on Saturday. Is this in his little, uh, uh, his. Baby bird. Yeah. (laughs) Careful. (laughs) Is this an FCC inside source? Are we returning that segment? FCC inside source. (laughs) Um, But yeah. So Atlanta, we got this. No, no problem. Back spasms. Damn. It looked good last night. Back spasms suck. From experience, it's (laughs) it is the most debilitatingly annoying thing to have happen to you. Where you're, it's like, come on. Now, really? <laughs> I got, during the Miami game, I got hamstring cramps in both legs within <laughs> minutes of each other. And I'll tell you what, watching a soccer game and cramping, even though no one else knows except my wife, is one of the most embarrassing things that can happen. Like, I'm just a fan. I'm watching the game. I like get kind of excited. And literally, my thighs lock up. I don't have enough room to stretch. And my wife's just like, drink more water. I'm like, I'm kind of in it right now. I'm really in it. Water's not going to do it. But it was pretty brutal. But that's how hard I fan. If you're not cramping while you're fanning, you're not doing it hard enough or you're drinking enough fluid. One of the and, other. Uh, it wasn't me, but my uh, my seatmate during that game got the uh, the Apple Watch notification, the high heart rate notification with, <laughs> with no physical activity. Just like your heart rate is too high I, for I how those, much you're moving. I get those, I think, every game. Yeah. Every <laughs> game impressive. I attend, I get the I get the thing where it's like calm, my watch tells me to calm down. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that's a good down. one. <laughs> Oh, it's man. like, do you need to do a relaxation exercise? I'm like, not it's like, yeah, yeah. It's, it's called <laughs> yeah, leaving this I game. <laughs> it's called the team winning. That'll relax me a lot. 
so I think now is the moment. We should be making a prediction. I guess I will start with you, Jonah. Now you look like you're in the middle of something. Grayson? I was looking at my health. No, I already kind okay, of gave mine, okay. so I might as well. I said I wouldn't mind 2-2. Two, two. We'll just, I'll stick with 2-2. Two, 2-2? Two, so. two, two. That sounds good. Uh, Grayson, you got a prediction for us? Yeah. Um... <laughs> been great if you just said no, pass. <laughs> it's not so, a lot. I was, so I was, gonna, I was actually, I was going to say 2-2, two, two, but I won't. So Fair. how about three three? <laughs> Even more exciting. That's, that's an exciting game. Uh, Chief, I go to you. Two nil FCC. Two nil FCC. Oh, <laughs> like that scoreline. I will go one nothing FCC. We got to bring back the old the old scoreline for old times' sake. Come on now. I predicted that last game as well. It's been good luck. Um, so there you go. Uh, lead in the supporter shield is currently. At 10 points, we are a handful of points away from what's the all time points record? 73. 73. That's the magic number. Um, We're also six points away from tying the home points record. Wow. Which is 43. It was the 2018 New York Red Bulls. So we have 37 points at home. So we have four home games left to get seven or more points. Yeah. Yeah. So we're at 2.16 points per game. New England was at 2.15. So it's crushing it. Philly was 1.97 last year. So wait, what are we at? 2.16. We're on pace is what he said. We're 0.01 above New England's pace. We're crushing their pace by 0.01. Even with the loss to Columbus. (laughs) I thought for sure that derailed us. I love this. Well, there you go. Well, folks, that's that's uh, that's it for your Atlanta. We do have one more section of the podcast, though, that we recorded before this part of the podcast. (laughs) So here's time travel. (laughs) You're going to hear us. Man, our our voices were not nearly so broken in. Uh, Jonah wasn't there. It was a crazy time in our in our podcasting (laughs) history. (laughs) Well, uh, yeah, so we will leave you here. This is the end of our evening of recording, but it is not the end of you listening to this podcast. Part three coming up for you right after this. Uh, We have a very special guest joining us in part three of the pod. We are joined by Mark Schwey for most of the listening audience, friend of the pod. In fact, if you've ever listened to an episode or even made it this far in the episode, you've heard some of his work with Jim Trace and the Makers, a local band here that has been so kind to offer their music up for the podcast. Mark, welcome back to the pod, man. Guys, it's an absolute pleasure again. I, I think I'm, a, I'm, am I technically a three time member because I called into the live, that live show? Yes. So, yes, yeah, you are. I mean, I think th- I'm breaking ground here. I, I, is there like an orange jacket you guys can send my way? Because this, this we feels only, pretty big. We only have one, and you're going to have to call Pat Brennan and have him ship it to you. I think. Oh, okay. And I, hope it's just, I hope it's the same size. We do like a boxing match with me and Pat. Although I've seen that video of him getting taken down, and that was not easy. So uh, yeah. he, he might be a, uh, you know, a good, a good opponent. 
<laughs> happy to be back, though, fellas. This is always a pleasure. Oh, no. So happy to have you here. It's a very special occasion to have you here. But, Mark, I was thinking about this question earlier, so I'll ask you now. The band is Jim Trace and the Makers. I assume everybody picks up on the bourbon references that is that band name. However, I have to ask you, you more a Jim guy? You more a Trace guy? You more a Makers guy? Um, so I'm not a bourbon guy. <laughs> I, I, uh, I, I would say that I'm more of the, uh, Coors Light, uh, oh, fan of the sure. band, but no, actually I will say, I think as, as I'm not a huge fan of bourbon, but for the bourbon I have tried Buffalo trace, I think is the top for me. Like that is a genuinely good bourbon. Brendan, the drummer who was on with me last time, he's the big bourbon guy. And when we were coming up with guys, we, I mean, geez, we spent you know, probably months trying to think of a name and, you know, you're just going in your head, trying to, to not be cringe, trying to not be corny. I think we were just coming, we were just throwing shit against the wall to see what would stick. And we were just like, okay, like, I think we, there might've been a bottle of Jim Beam in like Austin's garage where we were practicing. We're like, okay, what if we try to do something with bourbon? So yeah. So Jim Beam, Buffalo Trace makers, Mark, I'll go Buffalo Trace, but um, I'm going to leave it to the other guys in the band who are more of the, the bourbon <laughs> experts. Uh, we were almost... We were almost Jim Woodford in the Naturals because all I drank in college was Natty Light. So they were <laughs> Jim Beam, Woodford Reserve, and Natural Light. So yeah, once yeah, I, and and it's been you know the band's been going for almost a decade now, and uh, I still haven't changed. Still, still more of a light beer guy myself. <laughs> See, if you guys had started off as a more like electric rock uh, like group, you could have gone acoustic, and you could have been Jim Trace and the Makers mm. Light. And then oh, your acoustic. Yeah. <laughs> you need a job because we could use like maybe like a you know a, a branding a branding manager. So that's that's pretty genius right there. We'll keep that in mind. We're having yeah, a right, difficult we're... time enough selling sponsorships on this podcast. I don't know that we need to take on another pro- big another, time now. Another Cincy brand shirts? we're managing. <laughs> we somehow tricked Cincy shirts into continuing to let us have a discount code out there. Uh, another sponsor soon to come. I will say Whoa. that is if this is the part of the episode where we are teasing things to come, then keep an ear out for I gotta watch what I say. You guys are going to be like sellouts. <laughs> That's Too the <late>. plan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Well, Mark, uh, why don't you tell the good folks why you're here? Not that not that we don't want you to, to be around, but yeah. who do you who know do you... here? Uh, no, no. Uh, <laughs> So you guys have been so gracious and kind to um, preview uh, a song that we are going to be releasing on Tuesday. So I'm assuming this will come out probably tomorrow. So you guys, yep. so the, the, you know, the loyal listeners of the post will get first look at uh, a new single we're releasing. Um, we've been sitting on some new material for probably the last year or so. Um, and, you know, just kind of getting through recording some songs. We work with the guy, who um, works out of his his actually his, his house. He has a studio in his house uh, up in Fairfield, um, Moonlight Studios. His name's Eric, really great guy. Um, and so we work with him and we just kind of, we kind of just knock a song out uh, each day. So this is the second, so- uh, the, sorry, the third song that we've recorded um, from our new material. And uh, yeah, we're going to release it on Tuesday and we're really excited about it. We're, you know, it's it's a song that we've been playing live for a while and we, we finally kind of got, got, got it down on paper. Um, so really excited to, to get it out there. Really excited that you guys are, are so, like I said, so graciously uh, willing to, to put it on this, this giant podcast with all your sponsors. Um, this is, this is, this is a big moment for us. Yeah. So very excited, very excited. 
how does it feel to have a dozen people that will be all listening to your material all at once for it's, the it's, entire it's, listener yeah. base? It usually, you know, it's a dozen of our family members that are listening or the only ones that are listening. <laughs> so to have a, a new dozen non-related people is uh, it's it's quite a big moment for us. And, you know, I, I, I can't say that you know, we can't rest on our laurels. We're looking for a, a new dozen. You know, every, every six months, it's a new dozen people. That's how we're, we're going to grow this thing organically. Going behind the curtain a little bit when Shwai reached out to me to say, hey, would you guys be interested in this? It was before the last episode. And I said, you know what? Let's hold it for another episode because I have yeah. a feeling I have a feeling that show after the Miami game might be a little bit of a downer. Just <laughs> tickling, <laughs> tickling the back of the head on that yeah, one before and, the game. Know, the, the, the song's called Bright. And I was like, that probably is not the mood you guys are going to be looking for after after that game. Um, so I appreciate that this being pushed back <laughs> one episode. Yeah. Is it based on the the Will Smith movie Bright? It actually is. Yeah, it's it is um from his perspective, the entire oh, song. Great. Uh, okay. yeah. And there's it's actually no music. It's just we just recorded uh the monologue that he has in that movie. So <laughs> if you listen in the background, you can hear him sampling Will Smith smacking yes. Chris Rock live from the Grammys as well. Right, hundred percent. Yep. It's it's like Dark Side of the Moon, where if you start this album right at the initial credits of Bright, you know, it, the themes carry through. It's it's really good. So yeah, real, real uh, heady stuff from from the bourbon guys. Yep. <laughs> oh my God. No, as, I, a result uh, of us, I, as a result of us agreeing to d uh, debut this song here, we do have full rights to use your music for our upcoming Columbus video. Correct. Yes, absolutely. All I, right, I that's a binding I, contract right there. <laughs> I know. I, I always joke that uh, you know you, our lawyers will be in touch, but uh, you know we we don't have any. So yeah, you guys are carte blanche <laughs> to use all of our music. In, in fact, it's the only way that people will listen to it. So. Really, really happy. <laughs> really happy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, if we are we are here, if not to uh, expose, you know, new people, new ideas, new things to our dozen captured listeners, uh, which I uh, no, I'm so thankful have stuck with us. And no, uh, Jim Trace of the Makers has been a part of this. You guys have uh, no, no, uh, no shade to Doss Harks. Loved the uh, the original music, but I do feel like the podcast hit another gear when we switched music. So I can only assume that the crossover appeal there is huge mm -hmm. on the pod. Yeah. That's, the that's what set this The off. JTM effect is real. It, it really is, you know, like, you know, seeing those monthly listeners climb from 33 to like 38 after, you know, <laughs> you guys have started using our intros has been it's been it's been a true blessing. Um, Let's be real. 38 after a really, really good FC Cincinnati performance. Like we, don't <laughs> yeah. hit, we don't hit those peaks every week. Yeah, That's yeah. <laughs> no, for sure. But we, we we are certainly tied to your to your your guys success. So hopefully this this podcast will continue to uh, to climb and then we can kind of just, you know, carry our this our little ship to carry on in your wake that that'd be great no but honestly it's 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 really really fun to to, to be a small part of of the postcast i like i said you know i'm not bullshitting when i say i listen to you guys every week love love the love the content um you know it's more than just a soccer podcast i love hearing you guys just kind of shoot the shit that's actually probably my favorite part of the podcast so i'm happy that i can come on you know every once in a while and do it it's it's you know i, I love talking to you guys at games running running into you guys at games and just kind of shooting the shit at Northern row. And it, it really feels like you guys have captured that, uh, you know, in a, in a podcast forum. So keep on keeping on for sure. Oh. Yeah. There've been a lot of people who have been really kind of like generous with us, with the podcast. Um, and, you know, Jim Trace and the makers is one of those. They're the only one who 
Kevin hasn't had to edit disrespectful comments I made out <laughs> on the podcast. Wow. <laughs> That's high praise. I mean, that might be something that we put on the website. That is also like, true, by the way. That is 100% true. true. Yeah, no, that's great. Wow. No, it's like we get to the end of the episode and it's like, do we want to cut that part out where Grayson said this about this person that we really like? <laughs> hey, it's it's good cop, bad cop on this show. And I, I, I can tell. And Grayson's the bad cop sometimes. Look, he's, he's got to keep it real. You got to go where the joke takes you. It's not 100%. It's not my, it's not my fault. <laughs> I did want to give you guys a, a quick shout out. So, you know, Chief knows this, but. One of the cool things about um, a little little side gig I do is that I work for for Watts on the road. I spot for him. Mm. And so I was just in D.C. with him. I told him that, you know, this might be happening. And he, and he wanted to send you guys a, you know, a, a big hello from from uh, Fort oh. Lauderdale, which is where he is now. You know, another guy. I think he's I think he's a two timer, right? He's he's in the two time yeah. club. Two yeah, time. yeah. So, you know, maybe he'll get the three like me. So, but, you know, who, you know, who, who's to say who's to say? But uh, he wanted <laughs> he wanted to say hi and give you guys a shout out loves coming on so if oh. he wanted to work dr cop into one of his commentaries <laughs> we, we wouldn't hate that <laughs> he, he's always open i mean especially like if he's doing kind of like a you know let's say college soccer game like you know, yeah L- lsu versus you know like nc state on espnu yeah uh certainly shoot him some uh he loves <laughs> to play word sneak i i, I think i think chief he, I'm not sure. I, it, early days of the pride. One of the one of my favorite things that we used to do is that you know, and and Mike has been the USL broadcaster for for a long time. Back when you know Cincinnati was in the league, and we used to have back when we didn't have Discord. I think we were on Slack or maybe even GroupMe. Like this was like early days of the pride, and we'd have like word sneak nights, and we would watch a game, and you guys would send me words to send to Mike. And so I would just send Mike the words and everyone would be listening for the words to come in. And every time he'd say it, it would just be just a flood of messages. Like he said it, he said it, he said cornucopia. This is amazing. How did he work that in there? I remember the one night we, we had the discussion about whether or not it would be funny to do the word sneak, but have every word that he snuck in eventually form some sort of a sentence. Where... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we, like... we, we, we cut it after and like put it on the, on the internet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh no! Uh, yeah, all of our uh, all of our love to uh, to Mike Watts. Now, huge, huge friend of the front, yeah, huge friend of uh, of Opie, Mike yes. Watts. That was yes. that was amazing. During the a, I, I think he's a genuine fan of Opie, um, and I, 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 I'm, I'm I know I know for a fact that he is he's quite tickled when I tell him, "Hey, Opie's going to be in the stadium," or make you know, <laughs> I think I said it like, yeah. "Hey, we're having Ope Fest." Like, here's the dates. Like. I think he genuinely likes to do like he has fun with that as well. Like it gives him um, because like, look, like, you know, a lot of the games he does is just like not a lot of people are listening. And I think I think uh, it's not not, no fault of his own. It's just like, you know, um, there's only so much of a market for NC State versus LSU on like ESPN 15. (laughs) Exactly. And or, you know, like the Wilmington Hammerheads versus, you know, Bethlehem Steel. Like, let's be real here. (laughs) Um, So I think I, I think he really does like to kind of, you know, have some things to, to to spice up the broadcast. So I know that Opie is definitely one of them. Um, and I love that he got his color commentator involved too. Like, yes. you know, <laughs> he really, he really commits to a bit and I, and you got to respect that. You really got to respect that. 
I do think the color commentator might have been the one that got us in trouble, though. When she said, he's my favorite mascot. Yeah. They were like, hey, uh, how did this get on the broadcast? (laughs) Yeah. Imagine being the guy that had to play dumb about that in front of a bunch of front office employees. Yeah. Right. Couldn't be me. Yeah. Hey, look, Mike does his research. What can we say? He's really good at his job. Finger on the pulse of the yeah, uh, fan sure. culture there in Cincy. <laughs> yeah, it was, a, it was oh. a meeting at the front office with me, the person that had, was actually in the costume, and the person that had snuck the costume into the stadium. And all of us had to play dumb like we had no idea how it happened. <laughs> did, he, did, 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 did he come into the meeting with the costume on? Because that would have been sick. Has the Opie head on? Yeah, no idea how that, how this how he got in there. But no, but since it's a mascot, he can't really answer any of the questions. He's just making right, hand yeah, gestures, exactly. like yeah, yeah. shrugs. Yeah, he, he whispers into the other guy's ear, and like the other guy has to you know answer for him. <laughs> oh God! Well, Mark, you've been so generous to uh, to share this song with us. Anything you want to tell us about the song before we uh, we see it out here? Nope, I think people can just have it as it comes. But no, I mean, uh, like I said, I you know it's. Uh, very, very happy that you guys are sharing it. Uh, I, you know, I'm a fan of the song and, and I usually, you know, bands are usually their harshest critics. So uh, we had a, a lot of fun recording it. Um, we have a lot of fun playing it live and it, it, it's fun to just kind of have, you know, finally have it, have it done and have it, uh, you know, ready for the the Spotify airwaves to get that yep. 0.0001 cent uh, royalty for every stream. <laughs> so guys have it on repeat, please. We, we, we need some cash. You know, we don't have the Cincy shirt sponsor, so we need that cash. <laughs> and so what's the name of the song and where can people find it when it drops yeah, on yeah. Tuesday? So once again, the name of the song is Bright. Um, it's going to be available on Apple Music. It's going to be available on Spotify, you know, your two um, main streaming platforms. If you're not on those, we also are going to put it on our website, you know, uh, uh, for, you know, free to stream. Uh, might be on YouTube. Uh, it might just like the, the, the service we use might just put it on YouTube. I, I know some songs in the past have just kind of like, somehow made their way to YouTube, but Apple music and Spotify. Um, and yeah, and then you can find us, you know, we can, you can always find all of our music on Spotify as well. Um, if, if your 12 fans enjoy it, you know, and we're, we always appreciate people reaching out. We've actually had a few people reach out, um, on the, on the postcast discord and say they really enjoyed the music and that always, uh, you know, gives us a, a good feeling. So yeah, really excited. Right. So we're going to play this next. And so this is the last, I think that's going to end the episode. So, Mark, if you'd like to do the honors to take us out. Gentlemen, always a pleasure. Thanks so much. And once again, for, you know, forever and forever, fuck Columbus.
Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Cincy Postcast, which is a production of The Post Cincy. You can check us out at thepostcincy.com for all of our written content as well as links to our social media. You can follow us on Twitter and as well you can join us on our Discord server. You can find links to that server both in this episode description as well as on our website that is where most of our conversations are going on we have a lovely community there talking about fc cincinnati mls anything and everything else and everything in between 
We also want to give a huge thanks to Jim Trace and the Makers for providing all of the music you've heard throughout this episode. They're an amazing local Cincinnati band. Again, more information about them is in the description of this episode. And if you enjoyed what you listened to, and you've made it to the end, so I'm going to assume you liked it, or you just can't reach your stop button, please like us, review us, subscribe to us, wherever you are getting your podcasts. That is going to be really, really helpful. But more importantly, share this with a friend. A personal recommendation helps sped a podcast so much further. So please share this if you know somebody in your life who's an FC Cincinnati fan, an MLS fan, somebody that you think would enjoy this. Pass it on over. Thank you so, so much again for listening. It blows me away that people continue to listen to us. And thank you so, so much again.